Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Uh, tonight and uh, the next two Wednesdays, there's going to be a more practical aspect uh, to uh, the evening. And uh, so everything's going to be wrapped up by the end of the month on the Sunday, uh, September or August uh, 27th, Sunday, August 27th. And uh, so I just, uh, I want you to, to grab a hold of what the reality of who we are in Christ. And um, this aspect of being kings and priests unto God, he has made us to be kings and priests to him and uh, that we would be those that are ministering with authority the authority that we have in Christ and also that we would be ministering to others uh, with authority. So to the Lord, that vertical worship that should take place and then the horizontal worship or ministry that should take place through us. And um, on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, just presented to you uh, the fact that with the four Gospels, there are different focus uh, of those different Gospels. And uh, tonight, uh, I want to focus in on two of those and how we can uh, apply that not just in our own lives, but we can minister to others as well. Uh, so important. If, if you don't know uh, who you are in Christ. If you don't know what the Lord has done for you and desires to do through you, it's hard to minister to others. And uh, tonight, uh, I just want for you to recognize the ministry that the Lord wants to do in these last days, especially in these last days. In um, Luke 4, verse 18 and 19, as Jesus began his ministry here on this planet 2,000 years ago, that same ministry that Jesus began to, for, for those that uh, did not know Jesus as Savior and Lord, the ministry began very powerfully because of the spirit of the Lord upon Jesus Christ. And he re reads from Isaiah, and he had taken the, the scrolls, and he had opened up to where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim or preach liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is, it was the year of Jubilee, and that there would be a setting free and a work accomplished uh, for those uh, that needed to be healed, to have life, to have liberty. Uh, you can't get much darker than to be blind. You can't get much darker when it comes to uh, the, the state of existence than to be blind. And the world is truly in darkness and it is blind. And the Lord desires that there is sight given to the blind and liberty to, to those that are oppressed. The Lord desires to do the same work that he did 2,000 years ago through us. And very early on, he sent out the 12. And listen to what Jesus said to the 12 as he sent them out. He commanded them, saying, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. So don't go out far. We, there's a work to be done here. There's a work that needs to be done even in in Jerusalem, in Judea. This is the work that needs to be done here 
You don't have to go far. And the Lord is saying to us as well, we don't have to go far for, the, for there to be ministry done. He says, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that same command is given to us in Matthew where he, the Lord says that we, we need to go out into all the different nations uh, and make disciples. He says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received and freely give. You have been given freedom. You've been given life that you would go out and you would extend that life to others. How many of you know somebody that needs life? We all do. We all know somebody that needs life. We all know somebody that needs to be uh, healed, that needs to be cleansed, that needs to be raised to life, that is oppressed demonically. And the Lord is saying, I want you to go out and I want you to minister. That command is being given to us. It was not just to the 12. It was given to the 70. And it was given the day that the Lord left this planet. And just before he left the planet, he said to those that were close to him, as he appeared to the leaven, as they sat at the table, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he's saying, don't you know? Don't you know the power that I have? All the power, all the authority is mine. And the power that raised me from the dead, that power is available to you. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is what the Lord is saying to us today, that we need to minister to others. We need to impact other people's lives. And so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, the signs that he had said would be there. So the Lord ministered through them, and the Lord desires to minister through us. So on Sunday morning, I alluded to this, this question of why four Gospels, and we recognize the focus of each of, of the, the writers inspired by the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to focus in on two of those Gospels. I want to focus in on Matthew, and I want to focus in on John. For Matthew, Jesus is portrayed as king. And when it comes to ministering to others... There's certain aspects of life, and I'm going to be asking you in a moment. In fact, I want you to think even now, what problems or needs do people have, whether they're believers or unbelievers? All right, so just keep that thought in mind. What problems do people have? And once again, whether they're believers or unbelievers. Tonight, I want... Okay, just hang on to it. Physically, spiritually, it doesn't matter. What needs do they have? Tonight, I want you just to, to take a moment. Uh, we're going to be able to solve. In fact, you will be able to minister life and cover pretty well at least half, if not more, of the issues of life. You'll be able to minister to others. So, in Matthew... Jesus is portrayed as king. It ends off 
It begins with a genealogy all the way from Abraham right through to Jesus Christ. 52 generations are given from Abraham to Jesus Christ. Genealogy is all about the aspect of nobility, especially. Kings would have, or the lineage would be given. And that's what's given in Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 28, the very last three verses say, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So the Lord, all power or all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the ministry that the Lord would have us do is not just uh, for a vertical ministry of, minist of worship or praise or an honoring or ministering to God Almighty in worship and praise of our lives and, and uh, as we would gather together. But it, there's also a horizontal ministry that the Lord would have us do. The authority that has been given to him, all authority has been given to him, and he's saying, I want to back. He says, I want to be with you right, I will be with you right to the end of the age in the power and all with all power that I have. And I'm giving you authority to do things in my name. In John, John wraps up the gospel of John with this, these verses. John 20, verse 30 and 31. It says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, by believing, you may have life in his name. And so all that John wrote was to let us know that we can have life in Jesus' name, as we believe. That's why they were written. And so we see Jesus presented as the one that can save us and bring us life. In Matthew, we see him as king, having all authority. In John, we see him as being savior. For us to have life initially, and for us to have life daily. And just before I ask you what problems may does mankind face, uh, before I ask you that or ask for some, some issues of life perhaps that uh, people struggle with, uh, one thing is common in all four of the Gospels. Every, all four of the Gospels have this aspect to them and it, it happens in the especially in the last number of chapters of each of the gospels what 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 aspect what part of it, when you you hear the word gospel it means good news and so what event took place and is recorded in each of the four Gospels. Okay, resurrection. What else? Okay, the Gospel story. That's very, very, very broad. Uh, sorry, what did you say? Somebody? Jesus' birth. Okay, there's... Okay. Uh, Mark doesn't talk too much. In fact, doesn't talk about his birth. His life, they all talk about different aspects of his life. Come on, folks. It's not a trick question. It's not a trick question. The miracles of Jesus? Uh, sure. The crucifixion. The reason Jesus came, like I say, it's not a trick question. 
every single one of the Gospels, in fact, one-third of John talks about Jesus the last 12 hours of his life. Seven chapters of the 21, one-third of John has to do with just 12 hours of his life. Every single one of the Gospels, in fact, the good news is that Jesus came to die for us and to take care of, of, of what? Of our sin. If it was not for his coming on the cross, our sins would not be taken care of. And all four of them talk about Jesus, his, his going to the cross, his being crucified, his death, his burial, his resurrection. All four of the Gospels. All right? This is significant. So they emphasize his going to the cross, his dying, his raising to life again. In that one and single act flows all power and wisdom for life. That's why it's so important. We need to understand the importance of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. In it is every aspect for power and wisdom for our lives flow through that one act. That we would recognize this and remember this daily. All right. Coming to the question now. What are some issues and problems that people, whether they are believers or unbelievers, they may, it may be varied. There might be similar things. But what are some things that people um, have to deal with uh, in their lives? What problems? Sorry, no. No peace. Okay. Yeah, no peace. What else? Okay. Isolation, separation from family and friends. Having to deal with the worldly people, the world and worldly people. Okay. Unforgiveness. What else? Health issues? Sorry? Okay, so the, our physical needs, uh, the basics of life. Yeah, food, uh, shelter, clothing, finances. What else? To, uh, uh, to, to, to belong, to, to be part of something. And when you're not, there's, it's an issue. It's a problem. Anything else? Sorry? Sorry? You got, you got to speak really loud. Okay, yeah. People being dishonest and lying to you. Absolutely. Very good. That's a, that's a terrible thing, right? When you, f you figure you can trust somebody and they lie to you. And it's like, what? You lied to me. That's, these are, are, are things that, um, that impact uh, us. And, and it's, not, it's adults as well. It's not just children lying. It's, we're, it's talk, we're talking about adults, grown-ups lying. Spiritual attacks, yeah. Relationships. Like, we're talking a lot of problems, so many different problems, things that weigh in on us every single day that we, we just sometimes we're overwhelmed with. So, um, Matthew and the focus of Jesus as king and John, the focus of Jesus as savior, takes care of so many different things. To, and I, I want to start with John and this focus of Jesus as Savior. And I want to talk about um, a lot of the problems that, that, are, that people have are a result of various types of sin. And so it's sin in people's lives 
doesn't just impact them negatively, but it impacts the people around them. Like so many issues in life are a result of people sinning. And so Jesus as being savior to deal with the sins in a person's life is critical. And so I, I want to talk just briefly about the initial, the thing of initial salvation. And this is why it's important. If you're dealing with somebody, you want to minister to somebody, and the, the reason they're having struggle in their life is because of sin, the, the very first thing that you will want to do is find out, are they a believer or not? Have they come to Jesus to have their sins forgiven? The, the whole premise of the gospel or the, uh, the kingdom of God. Let me expand from the gospel to the kingdom of God. But the whole premise of the kingdom of God is if you want to enter, there's two things that we need to talk about. Or there's two things that the, the individual has to do. And one of those is to repent. You have to repent. You have to turn. If you continue to sin and hang on to your sin, your sin will destroy you. The sin will destroy a person in so many different ways. And ultimately... It says that the wages of sin is death. The payment that for sin that is not taken care of is death. So one of the things that you want to be praying for, you want to minister to somebody and they're struggling and they, they oftentimes people in conversation, if you have any length or uh, opportunity to, to talk for a length of time, you may get past the, hey, how you doing? You know, nice day today. You having a good day to if you have more time, you're going to start to talk about things that that is concerning or weighing in on the person. And you have opportunity to minister at that point. And the very first thing, if, you, if there are areas of weight on the person as a result of their actions, they're a result of their sin in their life. What you may need to do or what you would want to do is present to them where you are at in Christ is one thing because they can't refute what God has done in your life to have your sins taken care of past, present, and future. doesn't mean that you, you have arrived yet. But we can be confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in us will continue it right until the day of the Lord. And so you can stand or even as you would turn and you would repent, you would repent of your sins and also repent of the direction you're heading in. So I am turning from that headlong rush and destruction uh, to a place of destruction, eternity apart from God, and I'm heading towards an eternity with God. For those of you that got saved, how many of you got saved as adults? Like you were, okay, a number of you. So a number of you, uh, at least a third, if not more, got saved as adults. Did you notice a change in your life? When it came to this aspect of sin, was there any change that took place in your life? Or you just kept on doing the same old, same old? How many, how many of you, there was a change in your life? Okay. So many of you, about a third, that said, hey, we got, we got saved as, as adults. There was a huge change or a significant change in my life because I repented. And it was not just a, well, you know what, I'm going to uh, make a, a New Year's resolution. I'm going to stop doing that. It went way beyond a New Year's resolution, which lasts, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, a day or two, maybe a week. If you're really very 
disciplined. You might be good for a month, maybe. But when it comes to sin, our flesh is sort of, uh, our flesh is, uh, I don't know, there is this uh, uh, desire and desires of the flesh that are contrary to the spirit. We're going to talk about that briefly. But when we have make that change and those two things that we need to do, we not do not just need to repent because repentance, yeah, you, you can go from being a, a person that is heading in the wrong direction, and we, we sort of turn. Uh, it's good, but it's not enough to take care of the things that we've already done or things that we may do. Uh, we may slip and fall. What is it that takes care of the, the sins of the, of the past? What is it about Jesus' death that takes care of our sins? We talked about it last time. What's that? His blood, his blood being shed takes care of our sins. That's why it's important as you are straight up with somebody, they're talking about issues. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm struggling in this area of my life, and it's affecting the people around me, um, around me and they're being honest with you, and it's like there's, there's sin in my life. And as you deal with that sin, there is a solution to the sin and there needs to be that, that statement of Jesus Christ dying for us on a cross. And so we get to minister to the individual. Let me just tell you the different aspects of where we were at when we were apart from the Lord. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 4. And I'm just going to, I'll break down some of this stuff here. It says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the person that doesn't know Jesus is dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others." Okay, there's a lot in there. And as I went through, I recognized that there were a few things. There was this aspect of trespasses and sins. And as a result of that, we're dead. Jesus, our Savior, is able to take care of the state that we are in, in trespasses and sins. He's able to deal with it. And that's what John focuses in on, is Jesus is Savior. Man, can you imagine your, those that are close to you uh, in your life to be able to minister to them just the fact of Jesus as Savior to them? And let me just say this at this point and emphasize this. Every single one of the, the focus of who Jesus is in the different Gospels take care of every single aspect of our lives. You need to, it's, it's good to know, okay, well then I just need to know where does Jesus fit in with the problem that a person may have or myself included? Where, who does Jesus need to be to me for the issues of my life? So Jesus as Savior, you might say, but pastor, I am saved. And I'm still struggling with certain things and we're going we're gonna to look at that and, and how we can overcome and this is something you can minister. We're being practical today that you can minister to others. It says here, uh, we were dead in trespasses and sins. He said that, or it says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. So the way we walk, our day-to-day -day living and life was according to, to, number one, the course of this world. Hey, everybody else is doing it. It's all right. Everybody else is doing it, so I might as well do it too. There's nothing wrong with it. I'll tell you, that oftentimes creeps in 
to a, a new believer or a new believer continues to, to believe either because of lack of knowledge or because of, of they haven't heard it yet or they're pushing off conviction of the Holy Spirit and they're hanging on to things that, they, that the world does, the course of this world. The course and the direction of this world is not good. And so we walk according to the course of this world. Jesus as Savior and Jesus as King is able to deal with this world and the course of this world, both as Savior and as King. We walk or we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. Did Jesus take care of the prince of the power of the air? At the cross? Didn't he take care of Satan at the cross? Uh-huh. And the, the accuser of the brethren that would condemn us, all the handwriting, so he comes with, hey, this is what you say, God, to that should not be happening. And so he comes even taking, bringing the, the handwriting of God against us and says, well, hey, David's doing that or whatever. There's a condemnation. Everything taking care of Jesus at the cross. And Matthew, Jesus as king, takes care of Satan like nothing. All power and authority is mine. I am able to deal with Satan. So when you think of Satan coming against you and or somebody else, you can in all confidence say, Jesus is king. Jesus defeated Satan in his death. We're not even talking in his life or resurrection. Jesus defeated Satan in his death. Hallelujah. So we need to recognize recognize that. And we also walked, not just according to the course of this era or the prince of the power of the air, but we also walked according to, we lived our lives according to the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And it's just, it would go even just, not just along with Satan, but we're talking about the, the, the spirit, the demons, the demonic, the spiritual realm that impacts that works in the sons of disobedience, that influences the sons of disobedience. So the Lord takes care of that. The Lord Jesus took care of it at the cross, and the Lord Jesus took care of it with the statement, all authority has been given to me. And so when it comes to issues in your life where you're walking in con contrary, you need to recognize a few things that it's been taken care of, and we're going to get to that. Our faith in Christ, okay, so also, we conducted ourselves in, it says here, the lusts of our flesh. Once again, we'll see how Jesus as Savior takes care of the lusts of our flesh. It says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, how Jesus in his death took care of those things. And it says, we're by nature children of wrath just as others. We deserve to have some thing, or consequences against us. And even our, our, who we were, we were children of wrath. To receive wrath and also to give wrath. Jesus took care of it. So if that's who you were in the past, and the guilt of your past comes at you and plagues you, it's been taken care of. You need to know that who Jesus is took care of everything on the cross for you, that everything of the past is taken care of, all the shame and all the guilt and the condemnation that Satan will bring. But you know, this is what you did. This is who you hurt. This is how you hurt them. And the thoughts and the, 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 the visions, the remembrances, they come flooding back. And the Lord is saying, I've taken care of it, paid for. And so we can minister. We, as we grab a hold of that, as we recognize that for ourselves, how easy it is 
to minister to somebody else that's in the same place. And it may be the unbeliever. It may be the believer that's in that place of condemnation, or maybe the unbeliever. You just say, hey, but Jesus desires to take care of everything of the past. Now, you hear people just bringing things up of, of things that they did or decisions they made that, were, that are plaguing them because they impacted not just them, it impacted others, and it's, it's, it's eating them up. Well, Jesus took care of it. Jesus took care of all of our sin. Wow. How many people can we minister to just by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? He's taking care of your sin. Yeah, repent from them. Don't carry on in it. Repent. He died on the cross for you. Move on with him. All right. When we first come to the Lord, we need to, that is what saves us. The knowledge of our sins the knowledge of who Jesus is, what he did for us on the cross, and also the receiving of Christ into our life. We believe in him, and there is new life that comes to us. So what about Jesus as Savior daily? Now, in, this, in these verses here, there's this aspect of sin. There's an aspect of the world. There is an aspect of uh, Satan and, and demons and the spirit that would come against us, the demons that would come against us, the influences against us. And it also talks about our flesh and our mind, our carnal mind and thinking. So it talks about these, these different areas. Sin talks about this world. It talks about Satan, demons. talks about our flesh. Oftentimes, we, we are dealing with that in our own lives personally as believers. And as an unbeliever, they have no chance. They have no chance to overcome the things of the world, the things of their own flesh, and the things of Satan and his demons coming against them. They, they have no chance. In their human mind and ability, and they, they can't deal with it. We have an opportunity to share. We share the gospel with them. We share these things. We bring them to the place. Let them be saved. Let, them, let salvation present Jesus to them. But for us as believers or for dealing or ministering to people that have struggles daily, to overcome Satan, I don't, I don't want to dwell too long on these. Satan is overcome. It says in Revelations 12, 11, I love this verse. It just it reminds me again and again, I don't have to be afraid of Satan himself. It says they overcame him, and that him is Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to, to the death. No matter what came against them, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony is, my victory is in Jesus Christ and his shed blood for me. You need to grab a hold of that. If you want to, you cannot over, listen, we as human beings on our own will not be able to overcome Satan. We can't do it in ourselves. And the person that is lost, they don't even know that Satan is, is, has them and that they're on a, on a course that would lead to destruction and eternity apart from God. They don't even, even know it. And if they do, some people are even so deceived to say, well, I don't even want to be with God. I'd rather go to hell. What a lie. What a lie. A deception of Satan saying, hey, better, yeah, you go to hell. That's where you want to be. In Colossians 2, verse 11 to 15, it talks about the principalities and powers being disarmed at the cross. They have no right or authority if your faith is in Christ. They have no right to touch you or come against you as your faith is in Christ. It says, in him, that him is Jesus, you were also circumcised or cut off, or the old man, the old nature is cut off or killed with the circumcision, circumcision made without hands wasn't a physical circumcision that the Jews knew all about. 
for the, for the males. On the eighth day, they would be circumcised. They understood circumcision. There was a cutting off. And so they knew that. It says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of, of the flesh by the circumcision or death of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So there's this putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh. Everything cut off. How? As you were by the circumcision or death of Jesus Christ, the cutting off of Christ, the death of Christ, buried with him in baptism. We're not talking water baptism. We are buried in him as he, was, as he died. And it says, in which you also were raised with him back to life through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And we are raised up. All by faith. It says, in which you also were raised with him, through, with Jesus, through faith. So we can overcome daily because of what Jesus did on the cross for us 2,000 years ago in his death, burial, and resurrection. And we also have life. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Man, our flesh is involved here. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, everything that we broke the law, we broke every commandment or so many of the commandments, and it was against us, and he wiped all the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So when you have struggles in your life with, on a daily basis, or there's things that come up, and whatever, you, by faith, can overcome the temptations or the, the whisperings of the enemy in your life. Just by your faith and where your faith is in. You can minister that to a, a brother or sister in the Lord that's struggling with, like, oh, man, I'm struggling with temptation. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. We can overcome. Now, the, the next part, you might say, well, where is so much of this coming from? Where are so much of the temptations coming from? Not just Satan. From this world. From this world. And it's impacting what part of you? What part of you does the world impact? Our spirit, maybe not so much our spirit, the, the mind, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. We're talking about our fleshly, our carnal mind and making, makeup. It's all in touch or impacting that. Well, look at what Paul writes in Galatians 6 as he concludes this beautiful book to the Galatians. See with what large letters I've written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, you want to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to begin to be circumcised. To do, follow the law, be circumcised, literally. Only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. This thing of the cross of Christ, hmm. Not for not even those who are circumcised keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that you may boast in your flesh. Hey, you be that good person. You keep the law. You, every single one. You got to keep every single one of them. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world cannot touch me because I boast and I depend on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world is crucified to me, and I to the world. I'm dead. I'm dead to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, whether you're circumcised or not in the flesh, avails nothing but a new creation, a new creation in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. 
Jesus and what he did for us on the cross in John, in the book of John, the gospel of John, takes care of all the things that may come against you from the world, against your flesh. The flesh is overcome or the flesh, we are able to deal with the flesh through faith in the one who died for us. So let me just quickly read what happens to, to us when we, we are not walking by faith in Jesus Christ. It says, stand fast. This is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, in the freedom by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. To have, be in bondage, like, say, oh, man, I can't, I got to do this, and I can't, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I don't know what I'm going to do. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised or go back to the law, Christ will profit you nothing. You trying to be a good person will profit you, or Christ will no longer, or will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised or goes back to the law that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have been estranged or you've been moved apart from Christ. You who attempt to be justified or be made right by keeping the law, you have fallen from grace. What grace from the grace of God in your life? For we, through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. How? By faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you to, to leave the truth. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. To try to put something on you, you got, well, you got to do this, you got to do that, whatever, rather than placing your confidence in Jesus Christ. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, to freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh to do, well, I'm, I'm, I've been set free, and so now I'm going to use it as an opportunity to cater to my flesh. But rather, through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. Now, walking in the Spirit. I say then, walk in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do, do not do the things that you wish. So there is a fight that goes on between the Holy Spirit and your flesh. If your flesh, if you're depending on your flesh, it is contrary to the Spirit of God. You will be doing things that you don't want to be doing. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So now it starts to give that whole long list of things that happen if you walk not by faith in Jesus Christ, but you walk according to your, the strength of your own flesh, of your discipline, even of your spiritual disciplines. Your faith is in yourself. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works or outcomes of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, Sorcery being the use or the administering of drugs. I looked into this. So the use or the administering of drugs is sorcery. It also has an aspect of poisoning. Thirdly, it, it, it's about witchcraft. The magical arts often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by idolatry. So there's this, as we put idols in our life, there's this thing of... of um, witchcraft or as part of sorcery as we have idols before us other than God. There, or you're not even God. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. It's also a metaphor for the deception and seductions of idolatry. 
So having something before God. And along with that, uh, other things of the flesh are hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you before, and just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you have somebody, I'll tell you right now, if you have somebody that's struggling with all these different things or some of these different things or even one of these different things, and it's a thing of practice in their life, it's because they are going according to... They are walking according to their own strength. You can't do it. As a believer, you cannot do it. Now, this is, not, this is a list not for unbelievers. It's for a list for believers. If you walk according to the flesh and not by faith in Jesus Christ, you're, you will be walking and these issues will be in your life or one of these or two or more will be in, the, in your life. And so you can shift a person saying, hey, listen, are you trying really hard to be a good person? And then we say, oh, man, you have no idea of how hard I'm trying. I am trying so hard to do what is right before the Lord. They're walking according to their flesh. So you tell them, listen, the just, if you want to be right with God, they don't walk by their effort. It says the just shall live by faith. Faith is in Jesus Christ and his finished work. So you need to, you can bring them around to what, where they need to be. But the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self Against such there is no law. The, the Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life as you do the next verse. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So the, the flesh has to be crucified. How is it crucified? With its lusts and its passions? By faith. I'm crucified with Christ daily. I deny my efforts. I take up the cross daily. And I follow Jesus. That's how I live my life. That's how we need to steer people that are struggling with, man, I'm trying so hard to be a good Christian. I'm, I, I fail so much. It's because they are going according to their own strength, their own flesh. It can't be done. It cannot be done. The just shall live by faith. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So if you've been made alive in the Holy Spirit when you came to Jesus, and you were, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified daily helps us to live a victorious Christian life. And we can steer the unbeliever, hey, you want to live a, a great, powerful life that will impact others positively? Lead them to Jesus Christ and say, listen, you need to take up the cross daily. Deny yourself. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciples, deny yourself Take up the cross daily and follow me, to follow him. Hallelujah. Um, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. If I place my faith in something else, even in water baptism, The cross of Christ should be, is made of no effect. There's no power in the cross of Christ because our faith is somewhere else. If we want to have the power and the wisdom of the cross, that's where we need to place our faith in who Jesus is, what he did for us. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved today, we're saved and are being saved today and tomorrow and the next. The message of the cross is the power of God. It goes on to say that it's not only the power of God, but it's also the wisdom of God. You want wisdom and direction in your life? It comes through your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross daily. Daily take up the cross. That's what you, fo or you, you give or um, you would encourage others. Ephesians 2. Um, 
it carries on four to ten. It says how all the different things that we're going to have. We, we've been, God is so rich in his mercy. He's made us, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And here it is. For by grace you have been saved by faith, through faith. The grace of God extended to you in Jesus Christ, what he did for you on the cross, and you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's not anything you could do. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now here comes the part of Jesus being king. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus, we need to have Jesus be our Lord. Jesus needs to be king in our lives. If you don't, if Jesus is not king in your life as a believer, you will have issue. He needs to be your savior. He also needs to be your Lord. He needs to be your king. What are two aspects, two aspects that are critical to Jesus being king? What on our part do we need to do if Jesus is going to be king in our life? Okay, we've already repented. Sorry. Surrender. Submission. If we don't have submission, Jesus can't be Lord in our life. I'll tell you, I, I deal with people on a regular basis, believers, and they have issues in their life. And they have no intention of Jesus being Lord in their life. And they have issues in their life. Jesus is not Lord in their life. Jesus needs to be Lord in your life. You, as you are in charge of your life, you're going to mess up. And sometimes there's this bluntness of just saying, hey, listen, Jesus, let him be Lord in your life. There's a whole number of verses. I won't go through them all because I know some of you are wanting to move on to the next thing tonight. And uh, so I just want to say this. Number one, submission. Jesus needs to be Lord in your life. Tonight, it was interesting. Andrew didn't know what I was spe speaking on, but so much of what we sang tonight had to do with the Lord reigns. In fact, one verse or one line says one of the things in Philippians chapter 2 that I've written here. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And the verses before say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other, why, wait, in other words, he humbled himself. He said, I got to be God. I'm not going to humble myself. I'm not going to come in the form of man. But made him of himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of mine. Let this mind be in you. If you want to have a lot of issues taken care of in your life or in the life of others that you minister to, emphasize the aspect of the lordship of Jesus Christ in their life. We need to submit. What's another thing that would, would be a part of submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ? What other part would be a, a characteristic that we would have. Okay, we'd take up the cross daily. Sorry? You're two for two. Submission and obedience. To be obedient. So when Jesus is Lord of my life, I need to be obedient to his word. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Look what happens. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess of those in heaven and those on earth and those on earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The reason that people struggle in their life is because Jesus is not Lord in their life. The unbeliever, 
obviously he's not Lord in their life. They may know about Jesus and say, yeah, I'm a good person or whatever. But Jesus is not Lord in their life. Jesus needs to be Lord in your life. You need to be obedient. You humble yourself before him and you submit to him. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. Hey, I'm going to be a good person because Paul's around. But now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is only through keeping your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Now listen, verse 13. We prayed on this this morning. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. For his will to be done in your life and for you to do that which is a, a thing that would bring him rejoicing. Say, yes, Lord, I want for that to be the, the case in my life. Just one verse from Colossians 1, 9 to 18. The last verse says in, in verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. If Jesus is not preeminent in a person's life, they're going to have issue. I'll tell you, probably 50, 60, 70, 80% of a person's life are hinged around these two things we talk about today. Jesus Christ being Savior initially and daily. Jesus Christ and Him crucified daily. Take up the cross daily. And the second thing, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Submit and obey and you will have 50, 60, 70, 80%, 90% of the issues of your life or the life of those around you taken care of. So that his will is done. That in all things he may have the preeminence. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? Everything taken care of. These two things. Lord, that we could minister this to others. Lord, even as you began your ministry, even as you began that work on the planet 2,000 years ago, you said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. And Lord, I pray that that would be the case in who we are as well. Lord, to preach the gospel to the poor. Lord, that you, we would be sent to heal the brokenhearted, that we would proclaim or preach liberty to the captives. Lord, this, this thing of the message of the cross and so much freedom that comes through the message of the cross as people turn from their sin and they repent and they believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are set free to have recovery of sight, to go from darkness into your marvelous light, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I pray, Lord God, let this be us. In Jesus' name, that we would minister to others. It is so simple, Lord. These two focuses of the Gospel of John and the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is Savior and Jesus is King. Let those things, that reality, those realities be reality in us, in our lives. And, Lord, that we could minister that to others and in it and through it and by faith and by submission and obedience. Lord, it's, it's so much is taken care of. And, Lord, not only do we have life in it, but, Lord, we can give life to others. That's what you want us to do. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us in this. We just thank you. I pray this for us as individuals. I pray this for us as families as a church body, Lord, for the church body across the city and this region, Lord, let us be the ones that would proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us minister to others. Lord, let us 
not be afraid of the enemy. We overcome this world. We overcome Satan. We overcome our flesh. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for the victory and the life that we have in and through you, that it would be ministered through us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you, folks. Have a good evening yet. And, um, yeah, come on out next week, but also next Sunday, the Sunday coming, as we continue on a series in Kings and Priests. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.